Into the strange town of Longwee they come then. A bunch of skinny climbers atop a really nasty finish here. They're all there and Michael Matthews is there too. But today Pogacar is the one who sprints. And look at that. He's won in style and probably won the Tour de France. Or have I jumped the gun, David? You forgot Roglic. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot quite a lot, to be honest. He's sprinting with one arm, one arm, Roglic, Roglic all the way to the line, his shoulders out of place. Oh, no, it's Pogaccia. But yeah. he was very good. Yeah, yeah, he, he was His jump was insane. His jump. He took like five metres. Which is ironic, because yeah. Roglic was renowned for his jump, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back in the day. So, yeah, Pogaccia won, and he was so good. Uh, he, he attacked on the penultimate climb as well, just yeah. to test everybody. Mm. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was uh, dominant. And really but nonetheless, good from to see Roglic doing what he did. Yes, that was. I mean, that's no good sign. Not easy to do. Th- the adjective I'd use for that is heartening. Heartening, and yeah, also what I, the situation. He's not on. He's obviously lost a bit of time. I think it might be quite positive for him because the pressure's off. Vinegar's the obviously the clear leader at this point. Yeah, and he might just have the. Uh, just get involved in the racing a bit more, you know. Throw mm. it to the. He, he deals very well with setbacks, doesn't he? Because he's so used to them. Because he's so used to them. It's just part of his yeah. mo. Yeah, it's but he, he does. He does. But what we've not seen so far in his career is this. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen this kind of a setback from which he potentially can recover on the evidence of what we've seen, mm-hmm. and then develop into a different kind of and racer. We'll, we'll That'd be really interesting. Exactly, and we've yeah. never seen him like have to. Uh, employ different tactics in terms of maybe going early in a mountain stage or mm. throwing it to the sword a bit. Yeah. yeah. So it's that, good for the race. In many ways, as mad as this sounds, that was the footnote to the, today's stage. The footnote? In the sense well, that... Well, I'd like to say this. I think the way we should talk about today's stage in the podcast is that... that it was today's stage. Very good. I, uh, it's not quite podcast winning yet. I no. think we can come up with oh, something better. better. And I'm not going to hand the victory to you again... <laughs> After your killing Eve, and what was the other dynamite line you came up with the other day? It's very but, good as well, yeah, whatever it was. Today's today's stage. Um, I think that <laughs> I, I went did, too early, didn't I? Do you know what? A bit. I did a I did a rock glitch. Oh, Pete, tell us about when you, Gary, and Chris were recording the closing links for the highlights and what happened there. Ooh, so. Because this is, really, I think, it's really interesting. For some reason, you had to go for a second take. It doesn't really matter why. Yeah, we were going to pick so, up off a certain yeah. interview, and then we did the highlights all over again. But yeah, for me, I would have loved to have ran the first take because Chris's answer was, well, he came it, up with a brilliant line. You've got to remember as well, it's not the podcast; it's serious TV. Yeah, but it was still a very uh, good line, worthy um, of the podcast. It was. It was. It was. So Gary had basically, in all fairness gone back over the last couple of years and realised that Bergaccio was taking the jersey earlier and earlier in the race. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, I can't remember how he threw it to Chris. That's what's annoying. Well, he, he, maybe, he, maybe he just said just that. He just said... Yeah, and then, and then Chris he, you know, off it, the cuff said, well, next year he'll take it in the Dauphiné. It's very good. It was really good. Very good. Um, take the jersey at the Dauphiné. Hot, it, I like that. It's one of those situations where you had to be there. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, but it was actually so funny now we retell it on the pod. It's not it quite as funny. Sound, it yeah, sound it's that first funny, time I've heard it. But it's it was great. It's honestly, good. it was really good at the time. I nailed my question about um, Roglic and Pogacar, <laughs> where I explained 
what we just explained, really, how it be, it's good for the race that he's back and he's got confidence. And that little attack was probably just for his confidence more than anything to do with trying to get a result. Pog. Rog. Do, oh, Rog. Yeah. Sorry, Rog. And yeah. then Pog, his mm. team, actually, when it comes down to climbing and how physically good they are, not a million miles off. Do yeah. you feel it as in your pundit role in vision? We spoke about this after the pod yesterday, that you feel a lot more relaxed Mm. And in the sense that before you used to have to think about what you're going to say, which is normal, but now you just say what Blur you think. any old nonsense out. <laughs> uh, so the difference is, and it's just, this is the fourth year I've done it, is I don't preempt what I'm trying to say. So I used to try and think about what I was going to say before I'd even been asked a question, which is ridiculous, um, and have all this information in my head or try to. Where now I literally just wait until the question's asked and answer it like I would on the pod. And then so, do you have a moment like you had today where you go, nailed that? Well, that's what I thought. Yeah, I was like, God, I'm yeah. so happy with that. I was so happy with that answer. Are you ever tempted um, to give it a little mini fist pump on the set when you kind of, you know, nail a particularly well, I good do, answer? I do it like in my head. <laughs> in a little mini, mini like, mental little mini Pete, fist Little I Pete's go, fist bump. I go like, yes, yes, that's going to look good. Because <laughs> it's a highlight show as well. I'm like, yes, I'm here. Do you know what I mean? Did it again. And then, and then that happens. I'm like, oh my god! I've literally got to repeat myself. <laughs> and that's when someone who's lacking experience and um, not a true professional, because what you've got to understand is people who do TV probably are quite used to saying the same thing over and over again. It comes quite natural. Yeah. But when you're answering a question off the cuff, for me to then repeat that, yeah. it be- starts to become awkward, even mm. though it's ridiculous because no one knows you've already said it. <laughs> Except for yourself and the yeah. two people who have on set. That's very true, because it's all pre-recorded. But that's enough to, for the highlight show, yeah. That's enough to show. throw you off when you don't do it all the time. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. We have to do that today, Ned. What we, oh, what, yeah. re-commentate something we'd already seen. Yeah. So, that that's, yeah. So to explain the technicalities of that, um, when we are broadcasting live on ITV4, um, we go to a commercial break. Um, that's a necessity, because... Well, we won't get into that debate, but um, you know, I know that adverts aren't particularly entertaining, <laughs> but they do pay for the fact that the Tour de France is broadcast free. Um, um, but anyway, when we're on a when we're on a commercial break, um, you're showing. I can't. I haven't got my specs on. You're trying Sorry, to show me a WhatsApp. Okay. Um, that's fine. No, just Mark Cavendish. It's okay. I'll okay. get back to you on it. All right. Okay. Um, and. Uh, yeah, when we when something happens when we're on a commercial break, we're not actually commentating on a commercial break because that would be insane. Why would we be doing that unless it's necessarily something that is definitely going to make the highlights show? But you never know when that thing might happen that would make the highlights show. Um, and uh, um, I can't remember what it was today that we had to recommentate. Yesterday it was um, when at the cobbled stage. Vingegaard dropping his chain and needing the bike change and all the chaos yeah. with Nathan Van Hooydonk happened while we were on a commercial break, this sadly. This is my favourite you know. part of the day. When I hear, um, especially David, I don't know <laughs> I don't know why, recommentate <laughs> when you do the excited voice. Oh, so yeah. It's changing his bike! Ned! Because yeah. <laughs> well, it's really funny for me because I already know it's like, it's mm-hmm. obviously just, or it's happened ages ago. <laughs> and, yeah. and David's like, Ned! Ned, he's changing his bike. Yeah, what's and, going on? Uh, yeah, it's very hard actually to do because you do know what's about to happen, um, but you've got to disguise it and um, express surprise. Uh, we don't do it very often. I don't want, don't want you to get the impression that we do this every time. <laughs> it just very rarely, it occasionally, for quite technical reasons, happens, and it's always awkward, and you always have to do it again. And um, it's it's not a comfortable sort of skill set to have. 
I have to say. But um, so this time is, to, time. Yeah. to link it back to the racing itself. Yes, that's a really good idea. Um, this reminds me of a Wout van Aert interview when he said that he was scared of being at the front of the bike race because it was dangerous. And I said, that's really strange because you feel like the winners and the champions of the sport never have that yeah. feeling. Yeah. That's what I have with people like you and Gary. That, <laughs> you know, oh, it's just so easy for them. They never have this feeling of awkwardness or mm. that they're, you know, worried about delivering their job properly. It's exactly the same. Yeah. Oh, well, we do. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, yeah, it's tricky sometimes. Yeah. It can be tricky. But it's very kind of you yeah, to compare really me kind. to Wet Vanard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is, especially after today. Especially after today. Now we're saying today or today, which was today. 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 This is today. Today. He's getting priority over today. Over today, in my um, opinion. Yeah, yeah. He. Um, I can. No, okay. Find the, I got to find the quote. Okay. From. Um, let me just see if I can find. Oh, from Tom Pidcock. Yeah, yeah. So it's so good. Where did I put my um, phone? So we were calling this in the back of yeah, the car, and it's just great chaos. To get... yeah. Where did I put my phone? One day, maybe. What's that? We could get someone like Tom Pickock on the on the pod. Nice, you never know. That would be good, wouldn't it? Or yeah. maybe Mark Cavendish. Who knows? Anyway, in a nutshell, he said, he's playing with our balls, isn't he? He's just taking the piss. Okay, yeah. explicit content tag activated on this oh, podcast. Oh, no. Yep, Sorry. It's going to reduce our audience. But that's what Tom Pidcock said, and it was quite funny, wasn't it? It was, it was really <laughs> funny. Because he, he was just doing the classic, kind of, only happens in cycling, where... A journalist can kind of just get you before you've even got back Brilliant. to the team bus. I love it. Or the, the yeah. media. Just intercept you. Just intercept you and they get you in a, <laughs> all the emotions and kind yeah. of you're, you're in the kind of can be yourself. And mm. Pickcock was basically saying what probably every single rider in the peloton was thinking then that wouldn't say it in that yeah. way. But in that, with that particular expression. Yeah. But we watched the race from the first hour and. We went on, we had to wait, what, three hours, two hours till we commentated? Yeah, we were on pretty late today. And that, that's, in, actually, that is quite an interesting point in what? itself because, um, well, we, when we missed the first sort of half oh, of on the bike, pretty on, late, on, yeah. on, on air. Yeah, we were, yeah. But that yeah. itself relates to a point you made, uh, Pete, um, on and off camera, which is very valid, actually, that, you know, wh- when you plan the Tour de France in advance, think about the race route unfolding. And this is a decision mm. that ITV have to make. Because they have to shave a certain number of live broadcast hours as per the terms of their contract. And they look at each stage and they go, well, actually, we could probably probably lose the first two hours of that stage because I'm not sure too much will happen. Um, turns out, you know, <laughs> that, that, that you can sometimes get that wrong. And sometimes you can have sort of bad luck because today was framed to a certain extent by two forces of nature. One was the wind mm-hmm. and the other one was the wout. Um, nice. Which changed. Thanks very much. I think I've won the podcast. That was very good. Unless that someone could do good. something better than well, that. Well, there's still but, time. But but um, but, sorry, yeah. but Pete, you made a point about about the um, the road book and flipping between stages five and stage seven, which catches yeah. the eye as well. I think for me, it only hit home so much because I did this in 2015, right, with the stage after the Roubaix stage, the cobble stage. Okay. Um, what I was the next stage I like? Then? I can't remember, but I just remember it being horrific. I think it was one of those stages where nothing happened, but the teams, GC teams, were lined up beside each other, right? Um, scared of potential wind forever and ever, and right. it was just relentless the whole day. Yeah, but like you said, Ned, 
with this, and especially this year with Planche de Balfi, Stage 7, Roubaix, Stage 5, 6, you look at it on paper and it's like, well, you, obviously at the time you don't think about the weather, the wind, anything, and the little blimps on the profile, which are actually really steep climbs. You Really steep climbs. Don't take too much note of them. Yeah, oh, yeah. Stage 6, yeah, not too bad. Just long, a little road, long, probably a sprint. Be all right, yeah. No. <laughs> um, stage 7, Planche de Balfi, wow, that's early in the tour. Well, yeah. they're really shaking things up, aren't they? Yeah. Really shaking things up. Well, actually, huh, what about stage six? Yeah. Never thought about that one, did you? The one that just snuck under the radar. S- sneaks in there. Yeah. And um, it so occurred, the same thing happened to me. Yeah. It occurred to me how serious this stage was when I um, left the hotel in Luxembourg, funnily enough, last night that we got to. And I rode what, 15, 16K along kind of continually rolling terrain on the folding bike. Got to Longwy, met Bob Roll from the American Network. Legend. Who's, legend, who's co-commentating with... Um, Phil Liggett for, for NBC mm-hmm. and he always rides the last little bit a bit like we do but he's, mm-hmm. he's, he rides in kind of heavy metal gear doesn't he Weird. he's in like jeans and black, but always yeah. black always black black oh, t-shirt yeah. black jeans black shoes <laughs> trucker cap and maybe a bit of a skull hanging yeah. off on a, on a clips chain. in though clips in clips in and he's yeah. going and Bob and I rode up the last climb um, and it was really hard Really hard, and I just. But I'm always hesitate. I always hesitate to say, "Is this hard?" Because I don't know how hard. You know, when you get a 52 year old on a folding bike, yeah. everything is a bit hard. I, I know what you mean. So then, then, but then I kind of like to cross reference. I checked with Bob Roll, who used to be a pro, obviously. <laughs> said, "Is this hard, Bob?" And he went, "Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> this is this is hard. <laughs> this is hard. <laughs> this, this is hard. Yeah, yeah." Then he breaks into his rock and roll. Like I'm really enjoying the sound because I'm listening to this podcast. As yeah. we're recording it on really nice headphones, mm. I'm quite enjoying the sound of, this is hard. Sounds like a film trailer. Yeah. Bob yeah. Roll. We should get him on the pod one. This he's is hard. Hey, Coming to cinemas near you, 2023. Yeah. Bob yeah. Roll. Yeah. Longwee. This is hard. Stage six to Longwee. This is hard. <laughs> Just doing it for yourself now, Ned. Yeah. It sounds good. Um, so it started out. So, yeah. So and the it stage was tailwind started. and it was just ripping. Eddie Merckx was at the start today. Was he? Oh, yeah, he was. We saw that. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, Eddie oh. yeah. Well, Belgium. Started in Belgium, didn't it? He'll be happy. Uh, Cars not here. Of course it did. Yeah. Well, oh, maybe not. I, I don't, don't know. know. I think he... Judging on their Probably doesn't friendship. care. He's got so many other records. He doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it's a, one year that he can hold on to... Oh. No, it's good for him because it, it, it reminds everybody that Eddie Merckx exists. Yeah. You know, for, and it puts, oh, in, it puts in perspective what Eddie Merckx achieved for Mark to. And it. actually, the more and more we see of Pogaccia, the more and more I feel like he's, he's growing Merckx. into that yeah, role. He's of, Merckx. He but doesn't he, want to give any race away. Uh, he's ahead of If Merckx. it's there to be had, he's having it. The staggering thing the is. stats you read out to me were bonkers. What about? about the, his 41 wins, 11 stage race wins. Uh, 11 GCs. Yeah. Jesus. He's won 11 general classifications. He's won the Tour de France three times. He's won 41 races. And um, he's 23. And the, uh, the two, two monuments. Wow. And the fact that he, if he wins this one, that he will have won three tours before Merckx had even made his debut in terms of years of age is... Goosebumps. Well, absolutely. suddenly, I mean, not suddenly, but now it, you know, the dawning realisation that these comparisons are valid, valid with Merckx in the modern era. And I also think mind this is fueling his fire. Yeah. Like today, he didn't need to do that. He's just like, well, I'm the... I am Merckx. Well, as this is what I'm going to do. Why not? Should I try and call Mark Cavendish as we're on this subject? Yeah. Why, is he up for a chat? Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Oh, get him on. Okay. Well, like well you, need to, you need to pair your phone. Yeah. So, dear podcast listener, you're going to listen now to a slightly technical part <laughs> of yeah. the podcast where we've got a little setup just in case we get a phone call. 
But uh, yeah. first of all, you've got to pair your phone and make the phone oh, call. So then no, you've got no, to press... The phone's paired. Hang on, just catch, keep chatting. I'll make yeah. the call. Pass me that recorder, Dave, because I just need to check yeah. that's all set up, right? Because yeah, it seems to have gone off. Again. Yeah, get that it fired takes up. three minutes to fire up, doesn't yeah. it? Now? Yeah, yeah, it does. So hold your horses for a bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right, cool. Um, We're good to go. Yeah, potentially we'll yeah, be... Yeah, once we'll that's fired up. Well, that would be well, amazing. That would be amazing. It's... Uh, you know, for all sorts of reasons, it's unlikely to happen on this podcast because things go wrong on this podcast, technically, uh, with considerable regularity. I managed to lose an entire interview that I did the other day. Oh, yeah. Uh, simply yeah. didn't exist on the file. So we can't make any promises, but we're going to try. Where were we? We were in Bash, where the race started today. We were. Um, which, um, uh, Pete, happens to be the headquarters... Well, it's not the headquarters, but the headquarters of a team in this bike race oh. are in Bash. Really? And my question to you is... Cheap service course? My question... Cheap rent? I don't know. <laughs> well, Makes sense. I don't know. My question to you is, which team, please? So you're starting... So here in the Tour de France 2022 quiz... Monty Goubert. Yes. No. If, yes, it, it's, you're quite correct. Except, no way. Except you're bang on. Except you, haven't, except you haven't actually named the team correctly. Oh, Monty uh, Gobert, something Boucher or something. Yeah, but, yeah, Boucher. <laughs> <laughs> Just chucking a French word. The fact that I got it right without pronouncing it right. No, you did. You got the right team. Antamarchi. Antamarchi wants to go there. Wants to go there. Yeah. yeah. Opposite way around. Hey, yeah. that's bloody brilliant. That is. You're pleased with that, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, you're chuffed. <laughs> of yeah. course. Yeah. And we, also, we had an amazing Italian yeah. opposite yeah. a hotel yeah. called Dimmi C. Dimmi C. Which means tell me yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Basically, he sums up this podcast. All right. Okay, so oh. you'll have to press that um, red button again when we start recording. You're recording now, aren't you, David? I'll have to make sure I get the, the pronunciation of that team right going forward. Antomashe wanted to go there. On TV. <laughs> <laughs> what, you're not bothered about pronouncing it correctly on the podcast? No, but it's fine on the podcast, isn't oh, okay, it? Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so it started It started in Barsh and... Um, and it finished in Longwee and... Oh, hang on. Hang on. I've got to change the phone. Just message me. I've got to call on a different number. <laughs> I told you there's plenty of stuff that could go wrong. Um, and from the flag drop, Pete. Yeah. It, it was all about White Van Aert, wasn't it? It was on an yeah, absolute mission in, the, in yellow as well. And that was the thing that was so and unique. And I said about. this when I came to see you because obviously we were watching it for a couple of hours before it went live on air. And... You almost forgot he was in the yellow jersey. Yeah. Because that's not what happens at the Tour de France, is it? Yeah. Very rarely. He was, Someone he, pointed out that Greg Van Avermaet did it Hello. in 2018. Oh, there you go. Hello, Hello Mark. Hi, Mark. How are you, mate? I'm good. I'm good. Just, we just want to do a sound check, make sure you can hear all of us. Hello, Mark. Yeah, Hello, Mark's yeah. dead. Hello, Mark's Hi, dead. mate. You all right? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. You all right, Cav? Dad, will you get, will you get uh, like, what's it called, feedback if... Uh, if I'm on speaker, shall I put some hands free in? Uh, no, you sound okay. You sound good. Well, okay, if, you could, okay, if you could see how we were recording this, your mind would be blown. But I think I think it's going to work, Mark. <laughs> I think it's going to work. Yeah. Okay, sound. Yeah. Um, so, Mark, we're just calling you up from the road. We're on the usual Tour de France transfer. We're on the um, yeah. the one you don't know, which is the commentator's transfer, where we go from finish town to finish town. And we're doing our um, time-consuming, cons- time time-using, time-enjoyable dinners podcast. <laughs> and we figured it would be good. You're our first guest. Yeah. And we figured as you're not oh, in the wonderful. race. I'm yeah. honoured. Oh, thanks, Mark. Um, hey, Cav. 
No, I'm honoured. Yeah. I'm honoured. <laughs> hey, Ma- Mark, I gather you've been enjoying Pete's saga about the wheelie bins. I enjoy Pete's sagas about everything. Like, everything. It's just like, like I've known Pete, I've met him since he was like a kid, and he's never changed. Like, he'd be getting, he'd be getting fuming about a wheelie bin when he was 10 years old and stuff. You know? It's just so funny. Hey, non Right, non cycling related. Who stole my wheelie bin? Like, I can imagine his head it goes red, doesn't it? Like, yeah. Remember, that, remember that time you took me to a uh, feed? Oh no, it took me to Onken Park when I was like eight, and you had to like okay it with Jackie, who's my mum. And you were like, "Oh no, he's gonna be all right. It's fine. You know, we're just going to Onken Park and all this." And you were like sixteen. I remember you doing stuff here. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, how you doing? How's uh, life at home away from the tour? Uh, it's good, actually. Like, it's all right, just training. It's kind of, I don't know, just training. Like, it's kind of hard because I'm like, don't want to let my form go to waste. <laughs> but it's a long way, another month in it, hanging on to it, you know? So I'm like, just trying to do things around what the house. Is, what is the next race? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> We won't go into that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, but it's professional. Like, at, the end, at the end of the day, like, okay, I've always been like, around the tour, but I'm a professional. I'm, you know I mean? I have a job to do, and that goes on the end until the end of the year, so you have to keep going, don't you? Just hey. do it. That's the difference. Like, wait, at least, you, like, you know when it becomes a job, Dave? Like, you're ampy. You know when it's a job? Like, yeah. um, it's not the same as when you just enjoy riding your bike. But if you have a boat, like, of course we enjoy riding our bike. But if it's if there's a focus, it, it, it's different than just yeah. going through the motions in it, like you oh, know, completely. <laughs> yeah, mm. Mark. Never mind the, the whole saga and the drama about the selection and non-selection of the tour. Just because I was up there in um, Scotland with you in the pouring rain, where that yeah. race? When you think back to that race, the national championships. How do you how do you think about that? How do you reflect on that? Because it was something of a masterpiece, wasn't it? You must be so. It was just a it was just a racing course, wasn't it? You know, and I can race, and people forget that I can race. Sometimes I forget that I can race, but and a lot of courses now don't lend themselves to racing; they lend themselves to watch the kilo, don't they? That's the trying the trend in cycling. The kind of race has gone. You know, like when they say, "Oh, it's something, it's something that's in the early for it to be good." Yeah. Actually, you don't really get the best racing on every course you do it. You get it when the race makes the race, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, I have and, to, uh, yeah. like all, like all them little one-day races in Belgium, you know that everyone races that. They're actually, they're not on, like, they're on Belgian TV, obviously, but they're not on international TV, but they're often the best races. All them little ones, what Adam Vive won everything of, he won all of them, didn't he? Do you know what I mean? Knock a course over that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just racing, I have like, to say, though, Cav, I think, like, obviously, in the big scene that... But we talk about Tour de France and these big races that you've won the last et cetera, et cetera. And growing up, it's always been a theme for me when you talk to even, like, people that we train with at home. Like, I'm not just a sprinter. And I think, like, the perfect way you can showcase that and maybe the only way you get to do it all year is in the Nationals. You're literally the first person to attack. You've got no team around you. And it's like... If anyone watched that, who knows anything about cycling, and when I was watching it, I messaged Ned or David, I can't, uh, maybe it was on the group, and I was like, 
my God, he is flying. Yeah. Because, I, no, it wasn't either. I was yeah, like, yeah, I, got, I was at home in Spain with the kids, and I, on our WhatsApp group between Ned, Pete, and I, I got a message from Pete saying, you watch the Nationals? And I was like, nope. And then Ned was like, I'm here. You've got to turn it on. Yeah. And I turned it on with like 24Ks to go. And I made Archie come and sit with me, and I was like, watch this. Yeah. And it was so good. It was brilliant. Shredding an entire oh, peloton, basically. <laughs> thank, thank you, guys. I appreciate that. I just, just race, and I don't think there's any, don't think there's any particularly like special in our race. It's just race. You know, you have to go on the nationals. Like, you have to. At the end of the day, yeah, you got teams with a lot more people. Like it used to be back in the day, it was a lot easier because it was, wasn't teams with loads of riders. Was there? So, like, you just force the race, and then. You race between the guys that were there, yeah. and then when the teams have got more and more riders, the philosophy is the same. Yeah. It's a lot harder. So think, but the best thing is to always be on the front foot in it. Uh, yeah, than to be than to be reacting to everything. You know? Well, I think like me and David know how hard the nationals are, but I think for me as well, the other time I've seen you flying was the Lincoln Nationals, where you're absolutely like I've never seen you in that form. And then also, oh, well, you won. yeah. And then also, <laughs> <laughs> no, Cav. I was about to say who won. What I'm trying to say it. is, like, I don't think <laughs> from watching the nationals just gone, not the Lincoln. I don't think there's many sprinters in the current Tour de France peloton, like you exclude Wout van Aert, obviously, who could actually do that. That's the difference for me with no, you and it, other it pure sprinters. Physically, they can, but it, it's a mindset. I don't. Like the I don't. I don't think the they could, though. I don't think they could. I don't think. Tour difference is that even in a Tour de France sprint, you have to be like that. That's why the Tour de France is different when you're the bike race, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know, and like like going by anything else you do. Like, do you remember in 2010? I won two stages, two races in the whole year before the Tour. But it's hard because it's the same, although it's still sprinting, and more so you have to sit in and just sprint. You still can't react to things, you have to be proactive. Yeah. You know, we, I always had a saying when I sprint before, if in doubt, get out. That's how I always went to support a friend. Yeah. Thank you. You cannot afford to, to react to anything. Yeah. It's a completely different. It's the same philosophy, just mm. over, over a short distance, yeah. I guess. You know? Mark, you been, have you been watching a tour? No, <laughs> but, like, like I have. Like I seen, I seen Fabio win Saturday. It was pretty special, you know. Um, then I kind of watched a bit Sunday, but honestly, like, I'm straight. I'm still training, aren't I? Yeah. Not like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I, 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 like to fill my day, I'm getting out late on my bike. Just otherwise, like the kids are still at school and everything. So I'm just getting out late on my bike. Otherwise, I'm home and just sat there, like. That I'm doing myself, you know. Yeah. So it's not because I've been bullied in it. I just not being I'm doing my job on it and working. Yeah. <laughs> so. That sounds like that sounds like me um, all year round with watching bike racing. To be honest, Cav. <laughs> so many kids. It's like you know. It and also school run is like prime pick. It, that's like that's when the race is finishing it. Um, yeah. Also, I don't want to. You, I can obviously have an opinion, but you maybe can't. But I don't think quick step. I, I they just don't look that good, to be honest. 
I don't know. I think I, I, I right. Listen, I think uh, I think it's they're in a position that everyone expects so much. Yeah, you've got to remember, like if you, if you look at every other team, no team looks that good. You know what I mean? But every team is good. Mm. I think quite uh, like it, it's it's all from personal I mean, experience. When you expect so much from someone. I think if they don't live up to that, it looks like they're not good. Yeah. Whereas, like that's a, that's a strong team, good guys, and I tell you, that group of guys work well as a team. Yeah. If you know what I mean, I think like it's, it's a team. I don't think everyone else is is as is, is good. You know, yeah. I think we're just used to quick step being so dominant. Yeah. They're not so dominant. You and I think they're good, but they're actually good. What I mean by that is like their ability to like diverse between stages. So obviously they're missing you, who I believe like holds the group together really well like throughout the whole tour and then also obviously Philippe, who's like that having him there stages like today then they're there aren't they and they're present still in the bike race but without him there then across the whole three weeks you don't see them as much I guess it's probably what I'm, what what I mean yeah, I don't know. I, I, to be fair, I'm not going to analyse how they're riding. I'm uh, yeah, you, well, you haven't watched you know, it, have you? You haven't, you, haven't, you haven't watched it, have you? You're picking the kids up from school and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, Mark, talking yeah. of which, no, hang on. Mark, congratulations. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah to you and Peter, uh, many congratulations. That's uh, that's great news. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, Mark, we'll leave you alone. I'll tell you what, I'm going to put... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put Ned under pressure now. Oh, no. And ask him to give you, because you haven't been watching it, like a 30-second review of the Tour de France to now, so you can know okay. what's going on. All right. Individual time trial in Copenhagen in the rain, and it was a farmer from East West Flanders who won the interna- individual time trial, beating all the accepted favourites. Lampart took the yellow jersey into stage two, and it was a quick-step double. Fabio Jakobsen then... Coming to the Tour de France for his first time, takes the first sprint. The next day, intriguingly, in a twist of fate, it was Dylan Groenewegen who got his victory. And then we transferred to northern France. Wout van Aert soloed to victory into Calais in emphatic style. And that was stage four. The next day was the cobble stage, where Van Aert was the first faller and Jumbo Visma basically fell apart. And Tadej Pogacar took time on all his rivals. The win went to Simon Clark. And today, it was Tadej Pogacar's time to move. And he is in the yellow jersey after six stages. Boom. That's why I'll never be a league commentator. <laughs> you, get like that. you know what's more impressive than all them wins put together? How quickly... You just changed the commentator mode. <laughs> I say this every day, Cav. Every day. It's like, it's unbelievable. Oh, you should just, you ever, you ever do it in normal life? Like, say you're like, I don't know, at a station like, and you meet someone, do you ever just go in the commentator mode? Mark, the first, time I, the first time I came to the Tour de France in 2003, I, 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 the first time I met Phil Liggett, he was at a, yeah. he was at a breakfast buffet in a hotel in Paris literally commentating to himself at, uh, at the breakfast buffet you know well I might have a croissant and it might be a baguette and there's the jam as he reaches for the coffee like Cav I've got I've also thought about the exact same thing and me, what's that? I've what's thought, that? I've, I've thought about this exact same thing Here we and go. thought about Ned and, I've, and he's been like 
Hey, idiots, two minutes to school. You've got to pack your pack lunch and you've got to get on the bus. Oh, my God, Edie's leaving it all. She's leaving it all. There she goes, off to school. Edie's the final champion. (laughs) It's a way of learning earning a living. It's brilliant. When you get a good commentator, it's wicked. It's good to watch as a fan and that uh, thank you for your time, Mark. We might call you again on these transfers. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and uh, get you back in just to help so, us. So what, are you all you just in the back of the car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll send a picture Mark, of this Mark, afterwards. Mark, like, like, Mark. Like, well, like, like, like the kids. Like, yeah, exactly running, like that. Me and Pete. No, no, Dave, David's Dude. the dad. Me and Peter in the back. Yeah. That's the way it works. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What car is it? Are you allowed to say Ford, Ford Galaxy. Ford, Ford Galaxy. Galaxy. So, Gary Beckett. Uh, we got the wheel. Yeah, I've got Gaza Beckett driving. driving. Yeah. Ah, oh, legend. Hey, right, Gary. Mark. Thank you very much. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Now, listen, Mark, it's called Never Stray's Car is the name of the podcast, and it's the number two rated sports podcast in the UK. So, well done, guys. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks, man. All right. Have a nice evening, Mark. Thanks for... Uh, I will. Thanks, Thanks, my, friend, right. my eldest has got a school prom tonight, eh? Oh, school prom. oh they're the yeah. best. Dig night. Dig night. <laughs> yeah. What's he wearing? Suit. Hey. I've lent him some stuff. I actually. bet you are. Lovely. <laughs> He's going to look <laughs> diamond. Yeah. Him and his friend, eh? He's hey. building up for weeks. Dior and that cut. Dior. Dior shirt and that. No. No, 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 no. What is it? No. Burton's. Zara or something like that. Oh, Zara. Zara, of course oh. it is. <laughs> oh. yeah. Mate, yeah. oh, we've already covered yeah, that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. All right, Mark. See you later. See you, mate. See you. Bye. Ciao, ciao. Cheers. Tell me you, re- tell me, tell me you managed to record that. Now clap or something so you can sync it or it's going to be a nightmare. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. How are we going to do this? I don't know. Sync clap. Few sync claps there. That was technical. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good on Mark. Well, it was lovely to speak to Mark. Yeah. Good on. He sounds on good form. Yeah, and uh, it's no surprise really <laughs> that he hasn't been watching the Tour de France because yeah. why would you like? Why would you? And it's you? also how it like like we talked about briefly how it incorporates in your day as a dad and a family man because it is difficult to just say okay, kids and wife, I'm just going to go and watch the tour for three hours. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not conducive, it's, is it? It's, it and it is. It, and I remember flashing back to when my kids were young, like you're saying, Pete. Like you just commentated. Um, <laughs> it, it does races finish at school. School yeah, rush. It, uh, the school it's time. Don't they? Exactly the same time. Yeah. Which they need so, to have a good um, think about, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm glad they do. I'm glad races don't finish at nine o'clock at night. Otherwise, we'd be we'd be kind of struggling. Just giving some context. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was brilliant. That was good fun. That was ace. Yeah. Where were we anyway? Wat van Aert. The flag dropped. Wat van Aert attacked. That's where we were. Really? Yeah. yeah. We haven't really so, talked about the stage. No, we haven't. So it started it's off with a howling tailwind yeah. all day. Mass- it's over 50 kilometers an hour today. Average, Average speed, speed, I know. It certainly it's was throughout fast. most of the day. Mm, yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't by the end. Oh, it was not by the end. I think it was down oh, the hill. Like dropped it off. That's fair enough. Seven, six. Oh, that's, but still, the first... Rapid. The, the, yeah, the For the bulk of, of it, was over, it was over 50, 50, 50 So there were lots... It's the longest stage of the tour, 219 kilometers. Howling tailwind day after carnage yeah. and I think a lot of people thought they could be in the break and the break would go to the line so everyone started attacking uh, but then all with, within about 5k's we started or less the yellow jersey was there yeah. <laughs> and it was like and it thought oh what that, 
it must have been, and no, but no groups, you know, despite that, no groups got clear for 80 kilometers, and eventually White Van Aert was in a group of three. But on his like third or fourth attempt to try and prize a group clear, David, there was that big group that we yeah. were watching, and um, Tom Pidcock was amongst the riders off the front, just slightly off the front, following the wheels of Van Aert principally and trying to develop something on the road. Mm. And it kind of stalled briefly, mm-hmm. and Van Aert went, no, I'm not having this moved over to the left and started hitting it again and he looked directly at Pidcock he did yeah and he and he flicked, flicked his, his head, head and he said Tom come, with me. come on and yeah. that's the move and, that, oh, and Tom Tom Pidcock reacted didn't he got on his wheel yeah. and it would have been like amazing if those two had got up the road yeah and uh, but what was most impressive and Pete knows this from being in that situation when it's going it's uh, it's averaging over 50 kilometers an hour which normally the kind of the rule of thumb is don't attack when it's going over 50 k's an hour yeah because it's just it's too fast and it just doesn't work. You need it to be harder, slower, so you can make the difference. But he was going, and it was always over 50 k's an hour, and he was just forcing brakes. And at one point, mm. you had Vingegaard coming across. You had panic stations. You had Thomas. You had you had Vlasov having his team bringing across. Yep. And it was that, in disarray, wasn't it? Yeah, and, but he was forcing GC teams to panic. Yeah, he was. Mm. And then all of a sudden, he just wouldn't give up. Yeah. And he just forced it and forced it and forced it till he ripped it off the front of the peloton. <laughs> it was it meant, meant yeah, unbelievable. It was incredible. And... and he, Sorry. It, well, I was just going to say, I mean, I might be fast-forwarding here a bit, but it resulted I in... I was fast a lot, so. in, in, well, it, well, here we go. It, it resulted in Jumbo Visma not winning the stage and losing the yellow jersey. Well, that's yeah. a statement. Well, it's awesome. true. Well... It's true, but um, it's not the whole picture, is it? Because the reason we admire Mathieu van der Poel and White van Aert is because they are prepared to take on an insane risk. And it's not always yeah. going to come off. No, and I was fast-forwarding to... What were you fast-forwarding Someone to? that David mentioned, Thomas Pidcock. Mm. Did anyone call him Thomas? Or was it no, you didn't. No, no, we, we call him Pidders. Thomas. We call him Pidders. Pidders. Pidders on the phone. We'll get him on the phone. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Will. so I mean, now we've had Cat, Mark Cavendish on the phone. It's like, well, yeah. you've got to come on. Anyone can come on. Uh, yeah. Any, yeah, the the floor's open. So yeah. uh, but anyway... Then we could check whether we can call him Pidders My point was, because I've been... Well, I feel like I've been in a similar situation to him within Team Sky... Where he's predominantly there to do work for the GC leaders, yep. keep them out of trouble. What I could never ever do, because for me, I was like, okay, David, you know this. The tour mm-hmm. is so stressful. Yeah. Once my job was done, it was almost a relief. I was like, I've done a really good job today. Yeah. Now I can just relax and think about what's to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For him to even, this just shows what a great bike racer he is. Yeah. He's yeah. just always yeah. looking for an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Today was really yeah. close, and, and he was fourth. Was he fourth? Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah. I think. I so. mean, yeah. and that just Stands says all yeah. about yeah. his like. Yeah, he was it's, fourth. It's yeah. incredible. But also, I, I think mean. there there's a couple of things to this because I was questioning the motivation. Um, first of all, one poignant thing when well, Van Aert was off the front, ripping the front of the race pieces and dragging it off. Yeah, Matthew Van der Poel was being dropped. Yeah. And he was mm. just off the back chasing while Wout Van Aert was at the very sharp end of the race, dragging it apart. The two of them were at polar opposite ends, and it was something kind of like, oof, that's bike racing. And like, it was heartening to see Roglic yeah. do that attack. It was disheartening yes, to see Mathieu. That was disheartening. Yeah. And then secondly, it was just like, because I know we've, we've this is quite a long podcast, is Wout Van Aert, there's a part of me that thinks he was so angry after yesterday yeah. that he came in just brimming with uh, overbringing with, with emotion and felt good when he started and thought you know what i'm taking this and i'm gonna first we did it personally but also it took a huge lift off his team yeah so like, don't defend me don't look after the yellow jersey mm-hmm. look after yourselves 
I'm going to go off the front. How would the stage have played out if he hadn't done that? It could have just, it would have, they'd have been stressed because he's in the yellow jersey. People could have called their bluff. They'd have to overthink. Mm. And, but yeah. 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 And and another thought for me um, regarding Wout Van Aert is he didn't want to lose the yellow jersey by being dropped on Planchabas. True. Glory. Go down in flames. And then it takes me back to him as a bike rider. Yeah. And he's a winner. Yeah. He's not here to work for Vinegar. Yeah. Like in principle. Like he that okay, he's gonna yeah. do it. Yeah, he will do it. Mm. But this is who yeah. he is. It's like I am out for an art. I am gonna either mm. go on this almost two hundred mm. well it wasn't because mm. they were attacking for eighty kilometers. Mm. Go on this hundred kilometer break, mm. win, die, mm. but I'm not getting dropped on Plan Twelve Fee and losing the Algiers. And when mm. is is the last time or has it ever happened that the yellow jersey is awarded the most aggressive rider of the day. Now, I think some people have pointed out that it has happened. What about if they've lost it through being aggressive? Well, I... Yeah. Yeah. Well, did he get the competitivity award? Yes, he did. Okay, okay. I've never seen anyone more Uh, competitive There was that day into into Le Grand Bonnant uh, in 2018, I think, where Greg Van Avermaet was in, yeah. was in yeah. yellow, and he got in the move, but he w- he held onto the jersey, didn't he? That day, yeah, yeah. he did, yeah. Didn't and he it. might have got, and I don't even know whether he got the competition. It just anyway, wasn't just in the same, like, yeah. very unusual. It wasn't mm. the same mm. manner. Was no, it, it wasn't literally no. going. He was just ripping there those to pieces. Yeah, yeah. going down in flames. Yeah. Van Avermaet was part yeah. of the move. Yeah. He wasn't the, no. the guy shaping yeah. the entire race. That's very true. That's very true. No. Good stage. I was going to talk so, a little bit about the part of yeah. Europe that we're in. Let's close. I with don't that. know if that's um, it's of interest to me. <laughs> but fine. Is that okay? Yeah. Absolutely. I think we've done enough cycling, haven't yeah. we? Spoken yeah. to the thirty-four yeah. time stage winner at the Tour de France, Mark Cavendish. Um, <laughs> Did we? Yeah. Yeah. That was brilliant. Wasn't it? it was. It was unexpected. <laughs> um, um, uh, yes. No. I was going to talk to you about the, the part of the. Of, so we're in the central slice of Europe, aren't we? And David, you and I were commentating, uh, commenting, commenting on how distinctive this part of France is yes. and how unlike um, almost mm. all of the rest of the country it is. Pete, you said it was rare mm. yeah, for um, all sorts of reasons. You have to go back to the Treaty of Verdun in 843, um, which divided the Frankish Empire. So the Franks were a tribe who came in and took over Europe after the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. Um, and the Treaty of Verdun, which is just up the road, actually, from here, we're heading south now, um, d- d- divided this part of the world into three different parts. Uh, and uh, after the death of Louis I, who himself was the son and successor of the first Holy Roman Emperor, uh, Charlemagne. And um, the middle part, they were, they were all called West, Middle and East Francia, the Kingdom of uh, Francia. And Middle Francia then was subsequently in 855 divided into three further parts, the centre of which was called Lotharingia, Lotharingia, and it was the Kingdom of Lothar II. And it basically, Alsace-Lorraine, Luxembourg, Saarland, East Belgium, Southern Netherlands, North Rhine, Westphalia, and it basically sits at the fault line between the great languages of German and French. And it, if you look at European history, history subsequently for a thousand years, this right where we are now is the earthquake zone. Um, the great conflagrations of the 19th century, the Napoleonic Wars, the cataclysms of the 20th century. They are all about uh, this fault line between 
the Frank, the, the West and East Frankia, and Lotharingia is that central strip. Well, there you go. I summed it up. I'm much, I wanted to talk about it for about 20 minutes, but I'm conscious that, you know, we've slightly outstayed our welcome on this podcast. Maybe. And that also I've got quite a complicated sound edit that yeah. I have to do now. <laughs> you are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to be very difficult. You can do it. And, uh, it may not work. After a long yeah. day. <laughs> it's okay. going to look We're to redo the podcast, hey, anyway. yeah, David, yeah. thank right. God it's not our job. Yeah. yeah. And actually, thank you, Ned. That's thank you, Ned. It hasn't, wor- hasn't worked yet. Oh, oh true. Right. Bye. Yeah. See it ya. will. Bye. Bye.